When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eating prey like bazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bowen, Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose, it's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bowen, Zach are here to Squawk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some. I don't call it the off season. I call it the non playing season. Is that what you say when people, you know, normies ask you about what you do in the off season? You say it's the, not the off season, it's the non playing season? I don't correct them, but I'll call it the not playing season. Okay. I'll feel like there's the playing season. The, the NPO. Season. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. West Coast time here at Phoenix, 10 o'clock on the East Coast. Bo Wolf. Zach Berman here uh, on a day when we have talked to Nick Sirianni like 14 hours ago. <laughs> and then we just talked to Jeffrey Lurie. This is a, this is the live podcast that everybody has been agitating for. We finally have a live audience. We have Dave Zangaro and Jory Epstein here in this room just working away, uh, but obviously listening to what we've got to say. And Zach? The most, the, the biggest collection of talent here since both sat here alone. You just can't help yourself. <laughs> That's the time. You know, I'm trying to start here. I'm trying to be yeah. football focused. I'm trying to be tight, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you got to get us off, off course. You're right. What's the Back next thing? Course. You're going to throw in a mistress joke? You're going to ask me about my health insurance? What do we got? <laughs> let's let's get into it. What were you asking? I don't know what I was going to ask. I think we could close the show now. <laughs> Zach, we talked to – it is. I mean, we literally talked to Nick Sirianni 12 hours ago. It's been a long day, mm-hmm. but it's been a good day. Um Let's start with Jeffrey Lurie because we only get to talk yeah. to Jeffrey Lurie so often. Nick Sirianni said some things that, you know, you know, who cares what he says about Cam Jerkins? He's going to be the right guard whether he <laughs> says he's the leader in the clubhouse or not. Okay. Um, what were the the main takeaways to you from what Jeffrey Lurie said when, when he met with us about an hour ago? Well, so there were big picture takeaways and then specific ones. Kelly Green! Uh, yeah, well, that's that's the news. Although he announced that last year, but they're going to... They followed they, through. They yes. followed through. They're going to wear it. He doesn't have the date yet. But they will be in Kelly Green. So the uh, the long is it Kelly Green or Green Kelly? It's Kelly Green. Okay. Uh, I think big picture, and I imagine anyone watching this is probably an Eagles fan. Um, and this is listening, presumably as well. Listening as well, correct? The Eagles are digesting. Really, the Eagles are in a really good place right now. I think uh, I think you can just tell by by the the. Like, like like where this organization is, the, the level of questions that they're being asked. Like you can always tell, like what's the what's what's the panic level? And and perhaps it's a good thing that or or as or, Marty Morningwig might yeah. say it's a little bit cyclic. Yeah, like like perhaps you you want to be on edge a bit, right? Like if if the big news is 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 Reed Blankenship, you're starting safety like that, you know. But no point being when in listening to Jeffrey Lurie tonight, uh, I I think they're in a good spot in the front office. 
you know, they have, um, I think they have a good system in place there. Uh, they, just looking around these rooms, that there's so many former coaches with the Eagles ties. I think they have a decent system there. That the big challenge, not is gonna, like physical ties, yeah. that they're not wearing yeah. Eagles ties, neckties, yeah. but. The big challenge is going to be sustaining this is this is sustaining the success because you know success comes with a price and uh you see that with the amount of defections you asked a really good question to jeffrey tonight about like the next wave of front office hires and jeffrey said howie roseman gave a presentation today about like all that goes into you know working in a front office it's it's not just go scout this player it's learning different departments so anyway so my by so, the way i don't expect that howie roseman's giving away any secrets in those i mean they want to they no. want to keep what advantages they yeah. have right yeah i thought I it was like very very funny because i asked i asked jeffrey Lurie about you know the the they lost a bunch of people to assistant yeah. gm jobs last year they they elevated some people they brought some people in and he's like you know he's, he's saying i think we've got a few future gms in the building but the one person he named <laughs> by name as someone who he thinks is going to be a GM soon is Andrew Barry's brother who has been on the job for like a week. No, he hasn't been on the job yet. He joins, <laughs> he joins after the draft. Right. And he's yeah. like, this guy's already going to be a future yeah. GM. Like yeah. what about, how would you feel if you were like, I don't know, Alec Hallaby or John Ferrari or something like that, who's already an assistant GM and, <laughs> and he's not calling them out by, although he didn't actually mention yeah. Ferrari earlier in the yeah. day. Uh, early in the press conference. It's just kind of funny that like, that's the one guy he's like, yeah. Oh, well this guy, I mean, he looks like Andrew Barry. So, <laughs> no, I mean, I, he, he mentioned, look, if, if you're getting someone from his job on Wall Street to come work for you, there's uh, there's probably a, a degree of talent there that, uh, you know, and that 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 goes into it. But 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 we also it, don't need to yeah, deify yeah. finance bros <laughs> in, in, Je in, in I suppose in Jeffrey's defense and Jeffrey, he doesn't need me defending here, but uh, he said back in 2020 that they have like a GM factory or something mm. along those lines it actually turned out to be a, like a pretty astute observation because they had all That's these true. guys hired um you know future gms in the building or and guys, women yes yes thank you yeah you're absolutely correct about that uh no but as as far as as specifics look everything always starts with the quarterback and there was a lot of jalen hurts discussion he called jalen hurts the most mature 24 year old he's ever met in his life i think that's uh, probably fair yeah uh, aside from you maybe <laughs> I I was a fairly mature 24 year old. I but, don't doubt that. Um, but no, Jalen, I I didn't listen to Anita Baker, so uh, <laughs> I don't know if that qualifies you as being mature listening to Anita Baker. I think it's something it makes me an old soul, as old he says. Soul. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I think you referenced earlier today uh, going to Mike Garofalo's wedding as the first wedding of your adult life, and I asked if your adult life began at nine. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. So with, with Jalen Hurts, they, and we said this last night, they are making no bones about the fact that they're prepared to give him a contract extension. Jalen, you know, Jeffrey Lurie was talking about this, uh, what's, what's next and how every quarterback contract's different. It was a different situation with Donovan, different situation with Carson Wentz. And now they have utter conviction in Jalen Hurts, the person, Jalen Hurts, the player. He even put Jalen Hurts in that category. Um, of the elite quarterbacks in the league. And I think that's interesting for, you know, part of coming here every year is like you chronicle the evolution of the comments. Um, and that's exactly right. Yeah. And that like last year it was very, it was, there were, there were so few franchise. We quarterbacks. don't know what yeah, exactly. exactly he wouldn't, he wouldn't deny that they were interested in Deshaun yeah. Watson to some degree. Yep. Like it is really funny to think that that was just yeah. 12 months ago. Ex exactly. And he, he, he mentioned like Mahomes and Josh Allen. 
specifically last year, right? And then here you're in this situation where he puts Jalen in that category with those guys. And fairly so. Fairly so. And so it, it really shows you that. And, and then I, I suppose a, a, another takeaway, um, and I'm just kind of this is a stream of consciousness here, but, man, that Super Bowl loss really – is sticking with him. He kept mentioning what a minute forty three, mm -hmm. minute forty three, and uh, um, the flag is. I think he's he's referring yeah. to the flag. Yes, he's not that. Like he's they, not saying it specifically, uh, but yeah. that's what he's saying. Had, had they gotten the call back? Yeah, I actually think the most interesting thing he said in terms of like telling us what is coming here um, was something he said at the very end, and it proved to me that that what we already suspected that Jeffrey is a listener. Uh, he confirmed that. When he talked about, he was asked about the Super Bowl defense, and he said, when you get to the elite level of quarterback play, defense doesn't matter. That's why we're always going to put our resources in offense. And so I think if you are, uh, if you're like putting together a mock draft and you think the Eagles are going to use their first three picks in the first two rounds all on defense, you got another thing coming. This is interesting. Um, he, I, we've talked about the, the Eagles' path to Super Bowl relevance is maintaining an elite offense, and I think Jeffrey knows that. Everything we have ever seen him do and invest in tells us that. I think that is like that is what's coming down the pike. That's a good point. Uh, now, as far as and we thank him for listening. Yeah, he's also a, a reader. He 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 referenced, and, and I I I don't say this in 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 jest. I I really do think it was nice of Jeffrey to mention all the people behind the scenes that contribute to success. I, he had a quote that he said, like, there are 30 people that he can think of who, if they didn't do their jobs behind the scenes, they wouldn't have been NFC champs. And, uh, and he said, some of you have written articles about that. Um, and you had, I'd loved it at the time. It was, it was the old shield. State I don't, part. I do not think that that was I mean, what he, he was talking about. He, he nodded to where you were sitting. He just nodded to of one you. side of the room. He wasn't like. <laughs> so it was a coincidence that he nodded to you and saying some of you have yes, written articles about I think this. so. When you literally wrote an article asking people in the building, asking players in the I, locker room. I think that was about a coincidence. who the yes. underappreciated people in the building are. I, My I guess, I if I had to guess, I think the people he reads are you and EJ. Oh, I, I think there's more than that. But, um, but no, I, I, uh, I give. Uh, so the, so that was uh that was one takeaway there but 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 to your point about the offense yeah now i i think it's a little simplistic to say that like defense doesn't matter but clearly this is an organization that values offense more now resources can be can be viewed different ways certainly money is going to be tied up in into the offense you're already starting to see that move in the offense's direction and i think you'll continue to see that to be the case especially when Jalen signs a deal and Devontae signs a deal i imagine they're going to try to sign Devontae to a deal, right? Yes. Um, now that's the, that is the yeah. flip side is that you do you're going to need cost yeah, control exactly. guys on defense, and so they need to they do yes. need to have guys so, on defense. So but the strategy that's more picks, yeah. I think, but is, like the strategy may well be like let's draft defense and let's pay offense. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't yeah. think that that's. I mean, that yeah. that only lasts for you know sure. a couple but, of cycles. No, right? like, now I don't think like the first three picks are going to be running back, wide receiver, tight end. But, no, but I think um, I would. I mean, I would be. I would be. I would be shocked if one of the first three picks, if they have three picks in the first two rounds, mm -hmm. is not on offense. I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be surprised. Yeah. I don't think it's just going to be three straight defensive guys. I think there'll be an offensive lineman in there or a running back in there, or mm -hmm. even if there's a really skilled wide receiver in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think wide receiver, 
it would be the most surprising to me. What's the game? No, in the because first round, I think maybe the second. I think because I, I think they are already – I think it would make sense from a team-building standpoint. I think they are already like aware that there are some personality dynamics at wide receiver where they oh. – like if they're going to keep Devontae Smith and A.J. Yeah. Brown happy in terms of targets, adding a second-round wide receiver on that I think is a little bit – Well, tight end conversation. We can have that in April, so – I mean, yeah. yeah, Dallas Goddard's the same age that Zach Ertz was when yep. they drafted Dallas Goddard. Exactly, and this is a really good tight end draft class. Mm. So, okay, um, you asked uh, you asked Jeffrey about the NFLPA survey, which mm-hmm. which we have talked about. Mm-hmm. That was uh, kind to the staff, and we all Jeffrey also also talked about his willingness to you know overpay for staff and and assistant coaches. I think that they view that correctly as as an advantage over the rest of the league but not super kind in the survey results to some of the uh, facilities, but he sort of threw, threw a little bit of water on that. Yeah. He, he said they're a data driven organization and they would want to know the data behind the survey, right? Uh, how many players were surveyed, sample size, whatnot. And that, it, but it, so when I asked specifically what the it's survey, a passive aggressive and a shot yeah. at the NFL PA, when I asked it's, specifically like what the survey, the survey itself, it, yeah. about the survey results, he, he said that, that they wouldn't be opposed to doing anything, but they would need to talk to all the people in the building about what, is is needed and how they can do it I, i'll say this the the novacare complex because the when i say facilities they talk about the training room they talked about the locker room uh and and part of it i i think is is limited by foot by footprint for sure like, like we were in miami earlier this year uh that's a new facility and it's beautiful right it's like it's a nude facility new facility Everybody? the novacare complex the novacare complex was opened in uh i think 2001 good morning mr ross i think 2001 so it's over 20 years old right now maybe 2002 but but nonetheless it's it's over 20 years old right now and if you just look at some of the buildings that have been built since then you know you 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 have it's i mean something 20 years old is is not often state of the art anymore and when i say limited by footprint the eagles are in a city now now south philly is more uh there's more space in South Philly than in Center City, but you're still limited relative to if they were in, you know, Texas where the Cowboys are, right? Where the star is in Frisco. So yeah, so I I think there's uh there and they're are like they're like there. neighborhood things. Yeah. So they have things have to be approved. Like but but like we don't, you know, I don't need an NFL PA survey to say that that uh I can tell you anecdotally from talking to players. It is a you know a tighter space than in some of those other facilities. Um, but yeah, Jeffrey didn't really want to um, uh, go into detail there, and, and that's fine. Okay. Um, but I, you did a good job asking him about it. I Thank would you. say, uh, what else was there to talk about? Um, from Jeffrey? From we're, Jeffrey. We're, we're, we're focusing on Jeffrey here. Yeah, then we'll go to break and talk to Nick after okay. that. Okay. Um, so, let me pull up. So, you, so you mentioned the assistant coaches. Um, some minority candidates, the, I'm sorry, minority coordinators. Eagles have three minority coordinators here. He said he doesn't want to take credit for that. He said uh, he said that they hired the best people for the job and that they are colorblind in their hiring, and these were the best candidates. Um, along with that, he really talked up Brian Johnson, and he really talked up Nick Sirianni's hiring practices. He gave an anecdote about how Nick Sirianni uh, called him one time after just interviewing like the 12th candidate for linebackers coach and how these are thorough, exhaustive interviews. And Nick – said today what you know i spoke to him at the maxwell wars where he said that night the amount of references that he seeks here like 30 40 people he said sometimes that he reaches out to 
or has people reach out to find out on a given candidate. Uh, and he really complimented the fact that Sirianni doesn't just hire people he knows or people that he's worked with, that Brian Johnson was someone he had never worked with before. Uh, that It was interesting that he he talked about, uh, he, he specifically called out nepotism yeah. uh, when, I, when I think he meant cronyism in, in the same vein of him also discussing Julian, but that's a slightly different story. Yeah, so the nepotism was in regard to the coaching hiring. Right. Practices. Yeah, not into the ownership. But it's a good shot yeah. at the Belichick uh, coaching staff, I think. And uh, Kaylin Keller. Or dig there. Yeah, Kaylin Keller from The Athletic did a uh, – well, oh, yeah. it was before she was at The Athletic. Um, but I'll nonetheless plug it. She, 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 she did a piece on – Yeah, you're, you're allowed to do that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah on, on nepotism Rampant. and hiring. Uh, now, sometimes, like, you know, Kyle Shannon's a really good coach. Bill Belichick's a really good coach. I mean, you know, Sean McVay's a really good coach. Uh, I think so. Steve is really good. <laughs> Belichick. <laughs> I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm saying, like, sometimes they are the <laughs> – the best candidate for the job, but no, I, I give Nick, I, I, th I think that is, you know, we talked about this during the hiring process, how exhaustive Nick is. And I give, you know, you know, by the way, when the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni originally, like that was, that was good that, that, that they were pretty exhaustive in that search as well. So that's something else that Jeffrey Lurie said tonight. It certainly is. I'm not reading the comments. Was it well, anything good in there? Okay. Um, I think that's, I think that about, um, covers it on the Jeffrey front. Let me, let me pull up here. You excited about Kelly green? I'm excited for the fans who, who, who care about it. Yeah. So Kelly green sounds a little bit like, uh, someone whose number you had in seventh grade memorized. <laughs> I didn't have a Kelly green in my class, but that's a good line. Uh, I, I really liked Kelly Kapowski growing up. I'm sure you did. Yes. Um, no so, surprise there. <laughs> so <laughs> on your Mount Rushmore, along with Topanga and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> um, Jennifer Love Hewitt's definitely, <laughs> definitely on that. <laughs> the horn talk, he can't help himself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, come on, that's not nice. You doubled down. That's not on well, me. Um, well, I'll say when I was growing up, yeah, that, that was the case there. Um, <laughs> Uh, so he, he, he talked about the lessons from the win now mode in 2018, 2012, you know, from the 2018, 2020 period. And he, he spoke about how they, they debated it internally, whether to bring back some of their older players. And they kind of came to the conclusion. And he said, this was more Nick and Howie than him, that these guys are still playing at a high level. And we spoke about this yesterday and we spoke about this throughout the off season, like viewed independently, Jason Kelsey and, you know, Jason Kelsey, He's perhaps the best center in the in the NFL. Like that's, I don't want to say a no-brainer to bring him back, but if he wants to play, you bring him back. Brandon Graham at six million, that's that's a good, you know, that's for someone of his production. That's a good contract. Fletcher, we've we discussed that last night. We don't need to go into it. Bradbury, yeah, Bradbury. Uh, but but his 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 point was, you can't just have this hard and fast rule. You have to look at how the players are performing. But he he said it's important to have a mix of older. And younger players, draft choices, vets, upcoming players. He gave the example of the Chiefs trading Tyreek Hill and then having Karloftis and Trent McDuffie in there. As you kind of always have to be in that, you know, building mode. Did he mention those guys specifically? He did. Oh, so there's your there's your uh, George Karloftis and Trent McDuffie hit your. Um, well, his what's it called? Uh, 
Jack Quiz Rogers. Jack Quiz Rogers yeah. of, he said, the, of the press conference. He said, you need players you develop. Um, he said, I think the Chiefs are a good example. They had to let go of Tyreek Hill, but they were able to draft McDuffie and Karloftis. They're going through a transition. You have to do that when you have a franchise quarterback on a, on a rookie deal. Uh, the, the teams that develop I think players, his, draft well, use their resources in free agency selectively. There's a lot of off-the-field things. So I think his point on the, like, these guys are still playing well, that doesn't really pass muster. I mean, it's true, but they wouldn't be interested if they weren't still playing well. Um, I think it goes back to the same thing we've said, that individually they all make sense. What would you have done if you hadn't brought those guys back? It's not just, uh, you know, you have to think about what your options were that were available to you. So maybe they didn't have better options, but it is still a little bit uneasy that they're they're yeah. going into the season with so many old guys. So, so, so my... And this goes back to my original point. If if there's or, or my the first thing I I said on here, uh, I think the Eagles are in a really good place right now as a franchise. But if there's anything like I think the true test for them is going to be replacing people at all levels uh, in the front office, in the coaching staff, on the roster uh, that you lose when you are successful, and that's 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 gonna be the most fascinating part of these of these next two three years because you can be as confident as you want in your process but you have to hit on the coaching staff you have to hit on the on the front office staff you have to hit on the players and the the uh it can't just be it's pretty simplistic to say like you if you have a great quarterback that that kind of covers everything else but there are so many people in the building that they've lost and challenging that and replacing them is a challenge, and uh, I'm fascinated to see how these next few years go in that regard. What a pro. A perfect tease for the next segment in which we will discuss Nick Sirianni as he tries to rebuild his staff, coming back with more Umpires with Friends. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back on Birds with Friends, and that uh, ad read from Zach reminds me of a story that we neglected to tell from your surprise birthday party at Takanelli's, mm-hmm. uh, in which Shiel, credit to Shiel, because we will, we will say his name because he did something worth mentioning for once. Uh, he introduced himself to your sister's boyfriend, and immediately, first thing he said was, oh, the Athletic Greens guy. So you gotta give him respect for that. Yeah, he's he's, a, that's, he's that's what he's famous for. He's a very nice guy. That uh, he he doesn't have a name. His name is Athletic Greens guy. No, no, but he did put me on to Athletic Greens. So I give him credit. Guy, I mean, the guy, he was like he was walking around the room at the party, and the, the greens were just falling out of his pocket. 
He sprinkled yeah. some on his pizza. Uh, no, that, that wouldn't. You got to mix it in the water. Not for him. He's the athletic greens guy. <laughs> He's How you doing, guy. Zach? You feel? You, you, how are you? How am I? Yeah, you were beating yourself up a little bit before the podcast. You doing all right? Yeah, doing well. I'm doing well. I'm always trying to. I'm always trying to you get. Should better. be proud of yourself. It's nice of you to say. Thank you. You've got Thank great you. dental insurance. <laughs> I work at a great company. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Uh, very long time ago, back. Um, <laughs> We've been here a long, this has been a long day. It started in this room. This yes. is the same room. A uh, very long time ago, we talked to Nick Sirianni. Uh, we talked to him about the important stuff. Cam Jerkins, Reed Blankenship, Trey Sermon. <laughs> we didn't talk to him about Trey Sermon. He, he talked to us about Trey Sermon. He talked yes. for about, he talked for about a half an hour and answered, I believe, four questions. <laughs> Nick can talk, man. He really like, can. They can. They can, and, and. I'll say this: There's some coaches who filibuster, right? They they do Who's it because buster? they they just you know they they know there's a cutoff point, and if they can, like Jim Schwartz is who you're yeah, referring to, yeah, bring a yeah, or Belichick's done this. Like if you can give a seven minute answer on something, it's fewer questions you're gonna get. I don't think Nick is filibustering. I think Nick just gets really excited. He was asked a question today um, about like the, the the messaging to the team, uh, or you know the Super Bowl hangover essentially. And he started it off with an anecdote about his brother's nephew in the state championship mm -hmm. basketball game um, in, in New York. And how he sent this text to him and how the text was saying it's about the journey, but the journey is much sweeter if you win. I know that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was it was like a nice anecdote, but it was, it's like this is how like every question is, mm -hmm. you know. So, uh, yeah, Nick's I get I, I, I appreciate that. Sometimes about Nick, but he's enthusiastic. Yeah, it, we we do get fewer questions per. You know, our hit rate on questions is not. You know, when when we would sit when we sat at this table actually this this table with Chip Kelly a while ago his annual dental exam. <laughs> you're using the line tonight, not not me. I mean, it it was like staccato. Is that the correct word? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, there were probably like ninety questions. Mm. Over, I mean. Because his answers are bang, 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 right. bang, right? This, it's, yeah. Uh, I, I have an app on my phone, Otter, for those who are not in the business. It's like a live transcription app. Mm -hmm. And you never want the, like, answer to be that long, right? Uh, and, and, and that's how they are. But, no, Nick, uh, let's let's get back on, on track here. I'd like to just uh, bookmark, earmark, uh, bang, 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 bang as a drop for future reference, but. Okay. Um, so let's, yeah, let's, let's get back on track here. The, I don't want to say the big thing was some of these, these, well, let's, let's talk about Jalen. Okay. I, I thought it was interesting that he, he talked about the fact that Jalen's in every day. He's still, you know, he's at the facility working out. They're not going to, they're, the Eagles want to sign Jalen to this contract. Like we've said, they're not going to change the way they use Jalen as you wrote about today on the athletic. You want to, you want to share? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that I would agree. I don't. I didn't say that they won't change the way they use Jalen. I said they want defense defenses to still respect that aspect of Jalen's game mm -hmm. because I don't think that they're going to. You know, Nick Sirianni said we're not going to take away his superpowers mm -hmm. um, and his rushing ability is a big part of that, and that is true. But I also think when you're making a you know multi hundred dollar investment in a player uh, who has not made it healthy through two seasons. It's a lot of hundreds, multi hundred million. 
Is that what you meant to say? You yeah, said a well, multi-hundred. I mean, that's like... like they're, they're there's a lot of like hundreds. a $200 million deal or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Multi-hundred. Is it that? Multi-hundred million? Yeah, but you didn't say the million part. You just said multi-hundred. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's yeah, like, they'll probably sign him to a little bit more than that. I mean, um, it technically is true. There's a lot of hundreds. That's true. Yeah, it's technically true. Yeah. Um, I think it would be irresponsible to expect him to... Uh, run quite as much and take quite as many hits. I think they're going to uh, make a concerted effort to pull off so? just a little bit. Um, you think so? Now, Jalen is very good at avoiding hits, right? Mm -hmm. But he's still gotten hurt each of the past two seasons. I think I think they have to be conscious of it to some degree, but what he's saying about not taking away his superpower is true. It's going to still be a part of the offense. It's It's still what makes him part of what makes him as good as he is, and they need defenses to respect it. But I, I do think that they need to pull the reins off to some degree. I mean, that's that's a conversation we can have at a different date. I I don't. You're the one who asked me what I wrote. I don't go as deep into it there. I I, I don't buy it as much as you do there. Bad news, guys. Bedtime is approaching for Zach. His <laughs> his phone is letting him know. Well, that's back. That's actually the time back home. It's okay. referring to. Uh, <laughs> Soon enough, sweet sweet prince. Soon enough. I shouldn't have my phone up here. You see all my alerts. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. There's only a few texts from Jeffrey. It's no big deal. <laughs> Maybe Jeffrey McLean. Um, I, uh, Jeffrey Tambor. God, I, I, I want to do well on this podcast. I, I don't You're have doing the, great. I don't have the mental acuity that I would typically uh, like to have here. This is, uh, yeah, we're both on like three hours of sleep. Bo, Bo looked sharp last night. Um, and uh, <laughs> early morning, long day, but good day. Uh, so yeah, with with Nick, no, I I think that that they're gonna run him. He's uh, uh you don't pay a guy two hundred fifty million dollars and then say like stop doing what got you to two hundred fifty million. No, but you don't pay a guy two hundred fifty million dollars and say go run into that brick wall, dude. Sure, yeah, yeah, you you be smart, but you still use him that way. Uh, while we're on the topic, he he did say uh, Marcus Mariota. Um, part of the appeal there was that they can run the same offense that he gave the example of the Giants game this year. If Jalen didn't play and Marcus is your backup quarterback, you can you can use Mariota um, as a running threat. It's not the only thing. Now, Mariota did fit a trend in the players they acquired that Nick really wanted to coach this guy. Nick uh, put him through a private workout, when he, Nick and Frank Reich, when he was coming out of Oregon. Rashad Penny. Nick said, uh, you know, he coached Rashad Penny played at San Diego State when Nick was coaching the Chargers. He followed his career. He always wanted to coach that guy. So uh, those are two guys there that Nick really wanted to coach. Sure. You know, boy, that, boy, is he excited about Trey Sermon. <laughs> yeah, but boy, the thing I didn't understand, he's, he said there were, there were, you know, cuts and run and plays that he made in practice last year where they're like countless, man, this guy is, right. this guy's, this guy's got it. This guy's a chance to be really good. He's like, uh, you know, I, I wish we could have played him more. Well, well guess what? That was within your uh, exactly, purview. Yeah. Like, and he yeah. said, and he mentioned the, uh, Jacksonville the Jacksonville game, uh, in which that was the only time he got a chance to show his stuff. Yeah. Uh, two carries for 19 yards in that game. And back in week four, if he was so good, they could have. I mean, yeah. they had a lot of time to play him. Well, that is a really good average. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you can get a guy, what was it, two for 19? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can get a guy doing nine and a half yards per carry, that's pretty good. Well, apparently not good enough. Yeah. Um, 
Go ahead. What do you got? Uh, so I just think it's important to delineate between what he yeah. says and what is true. Just because he says it doesn't mean it's true. Just because you ask a question about Reed Blankenship. And well, so says, I, I actually want to get into this. Okay. okay. So, uh, so, 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 so let's, let's work this out for our, our audience here. Okay. So I, and I'll leave this up to the chat here. Uh, I asked a question. Um, what do you, something along the lines of what do you make of the safety depth chart right now? And, you know, is re, is Reed Blankenship, you know, do you think Reed Blankenship's able to step up into a starting role, something of that nature? Uh, or is, is he ready to step into a starting role, full-time starter role? Now, did I beg the question by, you know, by bringing up Blankenship there? Or do you, he, he was very optimistic about Blankenship, said that this guy started last year on a team that went 16 and four. There's no reason to think that he can't continue doing that. The Eagles have very clearly have a starting spot open for Reed Blankenship here, barring changes that they could make. And like you said on the podcast yesterday, one could argue he should be starting over Terrell Edmonds, even if they bring in somebody else. Um, so, so do you think that optimism was legitimate or do you think that was more, I asked him about Blankenship, so therefore he's giving the generic Blankenship answer? Yes, I think the latter. Okay. Um, and I think that doesn't mean it's not true, but I think it's, it's, this is semantics and it's, it's, it's also like accurate journalism, but you can't just like, you, you couldn't put it on Twitter and say, uh, Nick Sirianni is confident that Reed Blankenship can start. No. Nick Sirianni said that he is confident. Like there is there is a functional difference that is important there. Just because he says it does not mean that it's true. It's what he what is true is that he said that. So in your in your example, the said is carrying the weight in the sentence and not the confidence. Yes. Okay. Because otherwise, a year ago, we would have said the Eagles expect their uh, improvement on offense to be more targets for Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. They don't need a wide receiver. No, that's what they said. That's okay. like the news is that they said that, not that that is true. Okay. Right? Look, look, that's a that's a, a good point that, that you made there. I And so just because he says that Cam Jurgens is not the leader in the clubhouse doesn't mean that that is true. We are like we all have eyes. We all understand things. They like Cam Jurgens a lot. They didn't draft him in the second round last year for him to sit on the bench again. Who knows? It does them no favors to say right now Cam Jurgens is our starting right guard because what if he gets hurt? What if Jason Kelsey gets hurt and he's got to be a center? What if they draft a guy in the first two rounds who can compete at guard? But barring anything crazy, yeah, he's going to be the right guard. So why do you think then, not to play devil's advocate, but just stimulating conversation here, why do you think he was more effusive about – Reed Blankenship's candidacy to start than Cam Jerkins's candidacy to start. Because Reed Blankenship needs to be boosted up. Okay. And Cam Jerkins doesn't. I think it's it's all about like the balance. Like interesting. If so uh, this was messaging to the players today. Uh I think it's I think it's just his like his MO. Mm -hmm. I, it, because he even in he didn't talk down Cam Jerkins. He's He's talking up Cam Jurgens. He's just it, there's no reason for him to go out and say this guy's going to be our starter. Well, he could say this is Cam Jurgens' job to lose. Like we drafted this guy to play. I mean, Howie said at the combine, we drafted these guys to play. Um, yeah, and he could very much say, yeah, you know, there every job has has has, has competition, but 
you know, this is Cam's job to lose, uh, or Cam's going to be the first one up. He could have said that. I mean, Reed Blankenship today, he he didn't say well, there's a lot of safeties there. And, you well, know, I mean, Reed has to— literally aren't. But. No, he has to say. I mean, he he could have said, you know, we have Justin Evans, we have Kayvon Wallace, uh, and, and and Reed has, 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 has to earn that. He said Reed started last year. Now, now Cam didn't start last year, so that's that's one difference. He said there's no reason to think he he can't do that again. So, uh, I I buy the here here. Let me ask you this. Let's let's do the exercise that we did in the Howie Roseman thing. What he said and, and what he meant in the in the meeting rooms in Novacare when they're talking about their defense this year. Are they talking about it with Reed Blankenship as a starting safety? Um, or are they like, we need to find someone to upgrade over this guy? Because last year was very clearly, like even during training camp, it was very clearly like we need to find someone to upgrade over the Anthony Harris rule. I think they view that as we 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 could play tomorrow if we needed to. It wouldn't it would be it would be ugly, but we think we have a starting safety between the two of them in Edmonds and Blankenship, and we would like to improve. I, I think, think they could still sign another guy. I think so too, but I I think that they view Reed Blankenship internally, and I could be wrong here, the way they viewed Marcus Epps internally last year, which was like, uh, yeah, I mean, this guy's gonna have a this guy's gonna have a chance to start for us, and he's gonna have to play poorly for him not to be the starter. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Well, I mean, I, like I said yesterday, I th I think they might view Reed Blankenship as better than Edmonds. That's possible. And, and by the way, I don't discount them doing what they did with Avante last year, where Avante plays on base downs at safety, right. and then I agree with that. Yeah, because it would behoove you to make Avante a three-down player. Yeah, I mean, you probably, I don't, I, you probably don't want to do that every week. There's probably some limitations to that. You probably want to have guys who can settle in, but I don't know. It's I, it's interesting. I mean, you, I mean, it would not be ideal to have Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds as your your two safeties, but you gotta you gotta cut somewhere. It wasn't ideal last year to have Marcus Epps and Anthony Harris as your two safeties, and uh, we saw what happened in August. Remember when they just forgot about Anthony Harris and that answer that Nick gave in Cleveland? Yes, I do. Yeah, there you go. All right. Anything else you said that was interesting to you? Well, the running back situation here. He's very confident. I mean, I mean, Nick's not the kind of guy who he's not very confident. He says he he's, said he's very confident. He says he's confident in the room. Yes, as it stands now, he said. Like at safety, he said, "There's a lot of time between." You know, he yeah. said, "As it stands now, uh, you mentioned Trey Sermon. He, he, the Boston Scott thing was interesting. He well, was like Boston Scott more guaranteed money than they gave Rashad. Yeah, Perry. but he was like, he was like, and we're lucky he's back. As Shane Sykin really liked yeah, him. Almost he, as he, if, he made it as if it, he made it sound as yeah. if the, well, that was the only reason they signed yeah. him was just so Nick could like yeah. needle Shane. Yeah, <laughs> which I wouldn't put it past Nick. Yeah, that's possible. Oh, you 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 can't take my assistance and you can't take my third <laughs> string running back. Okay, you're allowed. It to really take went my... on. He's like, we love everybody loves Boston. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he he spoke about how Gain, how Gainwell came on in the playoffs last year. Uh, I'll say this about the backfield: any plan that includes if Rashad Penny stays healthy to me is not a strong plan. Because Rashad Penny hasn't proven yeah, that's he a bonus. And it, uh, what you, whatever exactly. you get from him is a bonus. So you need to, and I said this back when they signed Penny. I, I buy their optimism in in Penny if you know if if he's healthy behind this line. 
but in five years, he hasn't proven that he can stay healthy. So you need to operate under the strong presumption that 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 there are going to be weeks when it's it's Gainwell, Boston Scott, and if it's Trey Sermon, if it's I still think it could be a running back they draft in round two or round three. I agree. Or maybe number 30 overall. Who knows? Maybe. Let's see what else from Nick. Well, he talked about the staff. He talked about, you know, Sean Desai, and uh, he's a very uh, uh, detail-oriented guy, and they're going through the uh, camaraderie-building process now that there are so many new guys on the staff. He invited him over to watch the March Madness at the house. I hope he had food for them this time, as opposed to last time he had guys over to the house. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this is all part of the process. It's like you said before, this is – this is the test of sustaining success. Can you replace people at every level of the of the building? 100%. And I I found it interesting in their hiring that they hired a linebackers coach uh, and a coach who will work in the secondary from the college level. And you pointed out when we discussed it, you made a real good point. Part of it's the function of timing. These moves were made after the Super Bowl. You have a limited pool of pro coaches to... Right, you literally can't sign an employed position yeah. coach to become your yeah. position coach. So it's someone who's either got to hire someone who's unemployed or someone or from quality college. control. Yeah. yeah. Or a quality control guy or like, can, a, I think they might be able to be blocked. Uh, well, it's, Joe Casper left the Eagles to go be the safeties coach in Miami. Okay. Maybe the contract was expiring. Yeah. I, I don't know, but um, yeah. And, and so he, he talked about the, what, what, we discussed the thoroughness of the, of the interviews, but he talked about what he looks for in a position coach. He's a four, he's four criteria. And no, 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 no. There are four criteria for ways to get a player better. That's right. But okay. the position coach can really only affect one of those things. Yes. And that's fundamentals. Right. Yes. And that is a, so teaching fundamentals. Yes. And I mean, it would stand to reason that a college coach must teach fundamentals because they're, they're less advanced in their, in their football. That's why everybody in the yeah. draft is talking about Andre Yosubash's fundamentals. Well, he is a terrific position coach. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's let's just scan my head here. It does seem like it was so long. It does seem it was like right there. Uh, twelve hours ago, actually, twelve hours ago in two minutes, seven forty-five. We. You know, he was Nick, a few minutes. Nick was late. a few yeah. minutes late. Yeah. He's not on Coughlin time. I mean. Be on time when time is involved. That's what is Doug that, Peterson is that used what to it say. Is? That's what Doug Peterson used to say. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, we've lost our audience. We've now, <laughs> both Jory and Dave have left. And so that tells you how successful this episode has been. I think any episode with you hosting is successful. That can't be true. <laughs> we're missing our we're missing our dinner. We won't, we've gone too long. Too much to talk about. No, we can still make it. Mm-hmm. Leadfoot Zach over here. It's 3.4 miles away. I mean, <laughs> he's going to uh, be carrying me on his back, like it's uh, like he's like he's leaving Marissa's wedding, just just <laughs> jetting out of here. Um, how's 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 Marissa doing? By the way, I can't hear her in my ear. Well, she's not talking because she's not okay. on screen. Okay, but uh, she's doing well. She's in her pajamas. Oh, good. Glad to hear that. Yeah, let's get her. Let's get her to bed pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. A good call. Uh, so, oh. We should say this. Um, the Eagles. This. That's not that funny, actually. That's it's like a bad dad joke there. Um, uh, yeah, that's a good one. The Eagles submitted a rule proposal mm. or yeah, rule or bylaw. We better get this proposal. <laughs> that uh, number zero is eligible and kickers 
are now able to wear numbers outside of the one to 19 range. And um, there's a lot of, re- there's a lot of stated reasons that the end of that the Eagles said in the proposal, like there's like legalese almost for why this happened. But as Bo said, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here. I don't take my joke. What? Don't take my joke. Okay. You, right, you deliver the joke. No, I just think I, I, the, it's not a joke. It's this is, this is honest stuff. The proposal that they had that got voted down, I don't know if you saw this, is they petitioned the league for no one to be allowed to wear 87 across <laughs> the NFL. <laughs> so it's they wanted it to yeah. be sort of a swap. <laughs> Zero is in, 87 is out. Yeah. Let's give let's give the nod that yeah. it deserves. Uh, unfortunately, that one was was voted down, and so yeah, it's just the zero that that made it through. Yeah. So. Uh... The, the joke there being the Eagles haven't given out 87 since Brett Selleck played. Malcolm Jenkins' number, they gave me, they didn't even wash the jersey before someone else had it, right? But Brent Selleck, uh, as Bo famously said, that's a bridge too far. Uh, and so, but this, the zero, besides it being yeah, a cool they're just running out of numbers. They yeah, besides it being a cool visual, Darnell Washington wore it um, at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, um, it, it gives them more options now. And now they don't have the kickers monopolizing these single-digit numbers because you can have a you can have a punter, you know, in a high number now, mm. in like an undesirable number that people don't want. Uh, so that 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 got passed. Um, something. I'm gonna that, give I'm gonna give your boy a shout out here, John Mara. Yes. Okay. You know what? For the first time, he did something actually classy, Zach. <laughs> he spoke out against the inanity of flexing games to Thursday night which is so craven and so ridiculous. I'm glad that he did that. And his stated reason was for the, he said, you need to think about the fans who go to the games. Like, what are so we doing? Much, he said so much attention is, is to the viewing public. And he said, we need to pay consideration to the fans who go to the games, who plan weeks and months in advance. And they're going to bring their kid to the one o'clock game on Sunday. Now all of a sudden it's eight o'clock Thursday game. It is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, like if so, not to be like I get. Well, I don't know if this qualifies as a get off my lawn, um, but if you're complaining about the quality of the teams on Thursday night, I, th- I think it might be a little too spoiled. It's it's two NFL teams playing on a Thursday night, right? Or just like make the you know put better games yeah. on there, like yeah. Did you really? I mean, they got. Uh, I guess they got a little bit unlucky last year with some of those. Like the Broncos turned out to be so bad, but like, yeah. no, just put put better teams on there. And so what? Like, what's what's really the difference in ratings between that's what, that's the Broncos and Colts and the you know flexing in the you know the Jaguars into there or whatever? Like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I agree whole wholeheartedly there. It's just that they're getting pushback from Amazon. I mean, that's what it is, right? So and um, I mean, I mean, yeah, maybe employ a, an announcer who enjoys the games. Herb, Herb Street does. Uh, well, that's debatable. <laughs> uh, and I, I always enjoy now Michael's call. Still? Still. Okay. Some good gambling references in there. Well, and that's the, the most important thing. That's what makes it a call good, right? <laughs> uh, it means they're in on the joke, right? I guess. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the other rule stuff, we don't have to get it. What's the most salacious thing you've seen this uh, here at the owners' meetings? That that what's the most off the record thing that you can you can let us know about? By definition, something <laughs> off the record I can't let you know because it's off the record. Mm. Yes. What about you? 
good question. I don't know. I don't have a good. I don't. I guess it's not a joke that I can think of. Your your dental exam. I don't know. Um, okay. How about at the, how was your first uh, Biltmore experience? Arizona Biltmore. Uh, fine. I preferred last year's. You're more of a breakers guy. Yeah. Well, it was easier to get there. You're a Palm Beacher. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. I didn't have to fly four and a half hours just to, you know, hang around the opulence and be told that Trey Sermon has what it takes. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's my own personal opinion. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Let's finish it, this. This, is, this yeah. is dragging on. Go ahead. Yeah. No. What were you going to say? I said that flight. That flight out here did seem longer. It it's, seemed longer than the, yeah, the Super Bowl. Than the Super Bowl I agree one. with yeah. that. I, agree I, I with didn't that. know why that was. Neither do I. I um, yeah, I, I, like, I actually like, thought that. I wake up and like, oh my God, we still got, I've been on this flight for yeah. days. I've still got two hours <laughs> left. What is yeah. going on? Yeah, I was I was doing work on the flight. And so Me too. on the Wi-Fi, they, they give you the timer. And I'm like, wait, yeah, I had that same reaction. I'm like, man, we're not. Maybe it was, we're spoiled by the Indianapolis flight, right? That was, Maybe. Most, that was my most recent flight. All right. This is. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get out of here. We'll be better next time. I don't promise that. Who knows? We could be worse. But all we know is that Jeffrey will be listening. Um, and reading your stuff. And texting you. <laughs> okay. Uh, that'll do it for. Your on-the-scene coverage from the NFL's annual meetings for Zach Berman and Marissa and Trey. I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. We will talk to you, um, I don't know, I probably next week instead of later this week, unless news merits. Start turning the page to the draft. Get some, get some takes. Long way to go. But all that matters is that the Eagles have confidence in Reed Blankenship. <laughs> Reed and Blankenship wearing Kelly Green. What do you think of that? Reed Blankenship, Kelly Green, number zero. And every time he starts, they announce him as, as discovered by Bo Wolf, the former camp crush from Middle Tennessee, Reed Blankenship. Middle Tennessee State. No, he prefers. It's like a this is like a Darius Slay thing. Oh, okay. He prefers the Middle Tennessee. That. He doesn't like the state. I didn't realize. That. Yeah. Well, now you know. All right, uh, that'll do it for Birds with Friends. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Marissa for getting it done behind the scenes. And as always, we love you.